so let's give out some personal awards and then we can jump back into the the blood letting uh and and wrap this thing up um let's go reverse order so evan we'll start off with you and your personal awards for 2020 awesome um one's pretty quick hitter here and i still have yet to play it but i absolutely will be playing it but tony hawk pro skater one and two the fact that i'm giving it the welcome back award i just think that it's a really cool Mm. remake of an old game that was very nostalgic for me um played that game a ton and so i just love the remake of a classic there i just went through and removed multiple remasters um or we talked about removing multiple remasters just because it's a remake of the game like I, this is a unique game in itself i believe if if i remember correctly but some of the stuff that they did did pull from the original and uh i'm just looking forward to that one um the next award for a game I'll never play goes to Bugsnacks. Uh, thanks, Josh, for officially skull-fucking any chance of me playing that game. Um, you went on like probably a 20-minute rant of just all of the emotional highs and lows and that there's never any resolution. And, and uh, that just gave me anxiety. So hard yeah. pass game I'll never play award goes to Bugsnacks. <laughs> um, oh, God. I'm going to skip. I have another award on here for Cyberpunk, and I'm just going to say it. You got punked. People that on PlayStation, it's not a real award. I've learned more about it since this. I will go ahead and retract that award or redact it, whatever that word is. Um, Last one. It's in my top five, but I'm giving Call of Duty Modern Warzone a largest file update award uh, because they've consistently (laughs) forced me to delete multiple fucking games from my system. Um, I bought an external hard drive because of that, because I'm tired oh of deleting God. games that I want to play. So, Dude, yeah. it's egregious. It is egregious. Yeah. At one point, yeah. I swear to God, it was over 100 gigs. The update I, file. I, and it's gotten better I, since then. Yeah. But so it's, many... Dude, so many times I would jump... In, sorry, I know I'm stepping on your award here. I'll good. turn it back over to you. But I, I just oh. agree so hard. So many times I would jump in and try to play with my buddies and it would be like, Mm -hmm. couldn't automatically update because you don't have enough space. You don't have 85 fucking gigs of free space to update, update this game. And I'm like, what are you doing every time? Like, are you rebuilding the whole game and sending it? You still can't jump over rocks and there's still glitches. Like you still can't jump over a two foot high rock. Yeah. Ugh. So but that was a reason very frustrating to that game. <laughs> they they changed up a little bit in how they downloaded it, but this is more mostly a PlayStation problem. I mean, if you've got a super powered computer, I'd imagine you've got space for many games. But um, yeah, <sighs> that was like one of the biggest sources of frustration. And I felt like it was noteworthy for some type of award that isn't really an award. It is uniquely from what I understand. It is uniquely a previous gen console problem. Uh, in the way that those consoles download and install patches because essentially what it's doing is downloading the entire game again and then copying the entire game and replacing the old version of it that you have so once it's downloaded and copied over it frees that space back up but you have to have that space available to like re-download everything again and then copy it over whereas i think the new consoles and what pcs do already is they download the patch and replace the affected code um, with the patch, and that's it. So you don't have to download the whole thing again. So it is a Gosh, a little bit it's of terrible. logic there. Yeah. And I think that has to do with, like, SSDs and, like, 
you know, I, I just, I don't know enough about that stuff, but yeah. Well, m- most of my shit is talking out of my ass here and talking That's about what things this I don't actually know podcast enough about. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Um, any, any other awards, Evan, on your end? Those are good ones. That is my, my personal awards there. All right. Bugsnax is also on my list of personal awards. So let's get into mine. The first one is the, I'm calling it the perfect game to kick off quarantine with award. And that goes to Stardew Valley. Uh, I started playing this game literally right around when we started to know everything was serious with COVID. And I was pretty, I was like fucking stressed. I was like, I told you guys, like when COVID hit, I was like, this is how I die. I get COVID and I die because that's my luck. That's exactly how this would go. And so I was stressed and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And like, I was worried about my in-laws because like they're a little bit older and like, um, but they're still act. both of them are still active. And so I was like, I I don't think we're going to be able to get them to like sit in the house, you know? So I was like worried about them. And so I needed something to like calm me down. So I didn't want like a shooter or anything like that. And then I, I had known about Stardew Valley for years and just never played it. Stardew Valley did not come out this year. So this it's it's not like on our game of the year list or anything but stardew valley was the perfect game for me to like zone out calm down and like it's very zen like it's just it's very repetitive like you're planting your crops you're watering them every day you're harvesting you're selling them off uh you're like building relationships with the people in the town like i was delighted at how detailed that game was um it's adorable uh and i spent I mean, I already said, I I think I spent like 120 hours, 120 hours in that game. Um, And I'm going to spend more uh, in the game, you know, in in days to come. So perfect game to start off quarantine with Stardew Valley. Uh, Up next, the Thanks I Hate It award goes to Bugsnacks. Uh, I don't know why. I do know why. I was going to say I don't know why I put myself through finishing that game, but I I had to know what the end of that game was because it's so fucking bizarre it's a fever dream of an acid trip of a game and there is no resolution or happy ending it's like it's so morose and and depressing uh but it's man i don't know there's something about it like it kept drawing me on and i needed to know and now i know um and (laughs) i don't know if i recommend the game but I feel like if you have access, so it's free on PS plus right now. Um, so if you PS plus j- just pick it up, uh, so that you have it no. in case you're curious. <laughs> no, I won't pick it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know that I can like recommend it, but it is strange. Uh, and it's a thing that exists. Um, and then the last award that I have is the, I'm ashamed. It took me so long to play this award. And that award goes to D and D. Because I have wanted to play D&D for so fucking long. And I just haven't. And I finally got to start playing this year with uh, Clayton and a few other people in a campaign that they're running. And it is quickly becoming one of my very, very favorite things ever. Um, And I don't know how I went so long without playing it. I love D&D so much. I love it so much. And I I still don't know much about it like i'm constant like every every session i feel like i'm like i'm gonna do this and then i find out that i can't actually do that thing um but i love how open-ended it is um 
I love the just the man just in the last couple of sessions Evan I was telling you about this but like the the one uh crazy guy that like just joined our party that is being played by one of the guys whose character died a few sessions ago um and just like how many unexpected things he's doing every single session now and it's like we never know what to expect out of him at this point and it's so funny but also like a little bit stressful but like in a fun way because we're like we don't know if he's gonna like fuck us or like help us at at this point and like my character is kind of like vouched for him at this point so now i'm on the line for this guy um it's very very fun and like i'm, I'm quickly learning that i enjoy the role playing probably just as much if not more than the combat so uh it's a ton a ton of fun um i highly recommend D to everyone if you have not played it yet <laughs> So those are my awards. Um, let's see. Next would be Clayton. Ooh. Hit um, us with your awards. All right. Um, I guess to kind of follow off of my what the fuck of the year is uh, <laughs> going to Haiti 2. Um, what I a- checked this game out, by the way. <laughs> what a fucking awesome game. <laughs> Jesus. And like there are there are many deep dark places on steam that you can go and find uh games and like my excitement of buying a pc because i used to be a console gamer bought a pc because i wanted to uh jump into uh pc master race and i was kind of like xbox it was unreliable in terms of like i didn't know what was going to be coming out and get you know so i'm really happy with my pc purchase i got it i think two or three years ago and I'm just finding more and more to try and get myself. I mean, it's like a, it's such a things that you never know. Anyway, uh, Haiti too, <laughs> you play as this, um, a girl who's pretty much very nude and half the physics are dedicated to her boobs bouncing up and down as you walk through. Um, you can, the things that you can do in this game are absurd and it puts you in a position. It's kind of like portal um, in the sense that it's like a puzzle game. They tell you nothing and Mm -hmm. you die so much and you get so lost and confused. Uh, But it was very interesting. It's very entertaining. It's hilarious. I'm very funny. Um, I know it's one of those games that I'm like, I, I don't know what to think of it, but I'm really happy it exists. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my uh, snuggle up and quarantine of the year game goes to Phasmophobia. Um, I played, I mean, I think cooperative, choice. I think cooperative games should be based on how much fun you had with your friends, not how much good the game is. And the amount of fun that I have with my friends playing Phasmophobia is insane. I mean, the stupid things that we do and still get proper spooked um, has mm-hmm. been a ton of fun. Um, and then, I'd go my I wish I had money of the year goes to Half-Life Alex and VR. Mm-hmm. I why am I broke? <laughs> I want that so bad. <laughs> it looks amazing. It looks so good. I, I everything about it excites me and has probably encouraged me to work harder and get promoted at my job than any financial incentive if they just told me that was like the end of the year like clayton if you do this amount of work by the end of the year this is your award i probably would do it see and we've just arrived at our video games are good for you portion of the podcast (laughs) once again 
in that it's it's incentivizing Clayton to work harder at his job and be productive. So video <laughs> games are good for you. Uh, I'm with you there, though. I, I really want um, the fucking whatever the Valve VR set is. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it? It's not Vive. Is it? Index. Yeah. Uh, I really want that. Because um, I agree. Half-Life Alex looks really good. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before, but like it, it I think, does for VR what the Half-Life games have done for, you know, shooters and, and everything else. Like, it's it's pushing physics and other stuff. Dude, there was a... I saw somebody planning it, and so you're limited on how many grenades you can carry, but the physics in the game actually work, and so the way they got around it was they picked up a box, and they put extra grenades in the box and just carried the box around with them. <laughs> so they had, like, the grenades equipped, and then when they needed more grenades, they just reached into the box and picked up grenades, uh, which I thought was ingenious. So I love stuff like that. Um, good awards. Any other ones? Um, uh, I guess... Games that didn't make uh, some of my top five. Baldur's Gate gets an award for. I'm so excited when it's actually done. It's not done. It's mm-hmm. very far from being a real mm-hmm. game. Um, Risk of Rain. Uh, Dungeon Divers is a new genre for me. So, genre I learned of this year be Risk of Rain, whatever that genre is. You just like, it's a single session of like, you just, they like randomize the world you are a random dude like you're a dude who can shoot things you pick up like power-ups you try to get to the end boss uh it was really fun i played it quite a bit this year uh, yeah it's kind of a procedurally generated rogue like yeah. i guess yeah but it's like a dungeon crawler i guess i don't i don't really know what that i don't yeah. play many of those games I played Risk of Rain 1, and I was surprised at how different Risk of Rain 2 is than 1. Um, I think in good ways. It's just a completely different type of thing. Risk of Rain 1 was like a side-scroller. Uh, so it's interesting, the direction they took with that. Um, it, it's, it's like it, it gives me vibes of like Halo back when like I felt like there was exciting aspects to movement and combat like you know mm-hmm. people have been exploring a lot with different types of like shooters that kind of mix things up and aren't just the standard walk sprint crawl jump mm-hmm. your height thing so it's, it's very it looks good have you have you played it a lot yeah okay uh it's multiplayer too right i should get it yeah and jump that's why because when we first started you know i tend to with a pc a, it's cheap when you get games like these. Um, uh-huh. So I don't have to like worry about playing Modern Warfare and then getting smacked around by <laughs> kids on PC because I'm new to PC. So Which I'm we do like... a lot. <laughs> and so I've pretty much crushed in anything competitive on a PC. But uh, it's... And I played it in one of my quarantine games where we started all playing Phasmophobia. And nice. a lot of fun. All right, Ben. Hit us with your awards. <laughs> Nothing to see here. You guys didn't notice anything that happened. Okay, moving on. Um, Welcome back. I, I hope they didn't. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't. <laughs> if they did, we'll know. Okay. Um, 
uh, I have three awards to give. Uh, first one I mentioned earlier, which was uh, best looking game. I never am gonna play award, which goes to Genshin Impact. Congrats, uh, you 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 well look, done. You look nice. Not worth it. <laughs> it does look nice. It looks very it's very nice. bright and colorful. Looks like it looks like honestly, it looks like if I invested the time, it'd be fun too. But not worth it. I've heard really good things. It just doesn't seem like it's for me. I played Breath of the Wild. I think I'm good. Uh, the most punishingly difficult platformer award goes to Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. A fantastic platformer. One of the best I've played in a while. And I love my platformers more than I almost as much as I love my story-driven games. So I uh, highly recommend, as we talked about earlier. And finally, the Microsoft Edge Game of the Year award goes to Witcher 3. It's the best game to come out this year. <laughs> the best game. It's not the best game. It's not even the best game I played this year, but it's the best <laughs> game is the second best game I played this year and it was the uh, best game to come out maybe I don't know, 5 years ago, 6 years ago now. Oh my god. That's what I should have called my D&D award. That's <laughs> amazing. I love that. Uh and that's it. Those, well done. Those are the Keep them short and sweet. We don't we don't give third place awards in Bentown. <laughs> well <laughs> done and well said. Um, all right, good awards, good awards, everybody. I like these. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I feel like because Bug Snacks got a, a shout out from two of us, uh, I'll just say again: it, if if for nothing else, I think I am recommending that game. If for nothing else than than just morbid curiosity, people should play that game. I, I just need to know that I'm not alone in how <laughs> bizarre I, I think that game is. Just, it's so alarming to see these animals or whatever they are eating these things and then becoming these things. And they love it. They're ecstatic about it. It's like manic happiness over this. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's get back into some eliminations. And I think this is where things are going to get uh, intense to say the least. So we've got 21 entries left on our list. I'm going to say from here on out, everybody gets two nominations each round. And we'll start back up with Mr. Benjamin. What are you two nominations for eliminations? All right. We definitely get rid of Rogue Company. No one's heard of that, right? No one even knows what that game is. Great. It's out of here. Yeah, I'm, like I'm good with <laughs> I'm good with eliminating it. It's another one of those battle royale type games. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, too many of those. Not fun. And then you know what? Let's get rid of Neo Two because uh, I saw Neo One, and Ooh. you know they should have just made one of those Wachowskis. <laughs> wow! Wow! Comparing it to the Matrix, I, it's just, I like I, it. I, I don't know what it is. It's I, I'm just I'm making uh, noises. Neo <laughs> Neo Two is. Uh, or Neo is is sort of a souls like Japanese fantasy oh. game. That sounds fun. Um it is very fun. There's it's like supernatural. Um it's very like uh it's very timing based like the Souls games are. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. Um I really like the first one. I played a demo for the second one. I like it less. This to me is one of those cases. I think they should have only made it made one. Mm -hmm. The second one adds some mechanics that I don't really care for. It overcomplicates things. And the first one was already complicated. There's three different stances you can use 
uh, and some of the enemies will use different stances and it's very diff the the combat is really hard to get down um, as it is but I I don't have a problem with eliminating Peace. either one of those games good because they're sounds like sounds like nobody else does both either. gone who added those out of here no one all right nobody <laughs> they never in. existed Clayton what what are your nominations for eliminations I have to go That's for two, to two, two of them. Mm -hmm. um, My nominations, Doom Eternal, which I have not played Doom Eternal. I've played Doom series. I fast-paced action shooter, dungeon type, um, monsters are creative. It just kind of, you know, a little bit of a niche pick. I think for some people this could be their game of the year. Uh, for me, not being super invested in the Doom series, it's not like I was... Like, I wasn't looking forward to this game coming to the new year. Uh, I think that it fits that if that's what you're looking for. Uh, personally, I don't think it has like a lot of pickup ability for people outside of the genre. Um mm -hmm. And in some cases, I think it does even come down to a little bit like that. To probably enjoy it, you probably to be more skilled at the game than I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's first nomination. Second nomination would be, uh, and I I put this one on the list, which would be Immortals: Phoenix Rising. I know I haven't yet to play this one as well, um, but this one was a curveball that came out of left field for a lot of us because we weren't expecting um, that game to be as good as it is. And it, in some cases, it's not. The um, From what I've heard, the story is, I mean, the characters' faces are hilarious. I mean, they're horrible. <laughs> like, it looks mm -hmm. like me characters inside, but the world looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It looks very something I immerse myself into, get lost in, which is what I think initially brought me back to like what I've loved in the past when I first experienced the um, Assassin's Creed series and um, even to what I've come to enjoy in some like the newer ones, the Odyssey, which, you know, I thought was a fun game in the sense of like an adventure. Um, and I think that that kind of captured into it. And I think that was a surprise, but at the same time, um, and I know it's made some game of the years in some, some people's minds. And ACG mm -hmm. came out with an opinion about it saying the music and the elements of the, the graphics and things like that kind of really, but those are my two nominations just because personally, Immortals Phoenix Rising, I would like to play at some point. I think that it, if a couple more elements, I think that game probably could be game of the year for a lot of people. Uh, mainly probably story and character faces. <laughs> kind of ruined yeah, it for a lot of us. I think it came pretty close. I think it came pretty close. The, <clears throat> I haven't played I haven't played that game either. It's definitely on my list, but what I've like the gameplay I've watched, um, the dialogue is is pretty bad in spots too. Uh like Borderlands bad. <laughs> um so like it's it's like going really hard on the like we're being irreverent and cool and funny stuff um and it doesn't always land super well and doom eternal went really hard on 
the stuff that it started in 2016 with the reboot. Uh, but I, and I have this game and I played it and it's super fucking hard, way harder than Doom 2016. Um, and I may go back to it at some point, but it was, it went so hard on some of the, like the frenetic gameplay elements that like I couldn't keep up with it. It's like, it's a game just like 2016 that rewards like really, uh, Uh, aggressive gameplay um like you have to kill enemies to get health and uh so mm. you just have to constantly constantly be moving and using the right guns and stuff and it's it's pretty freaking hard um so and and it made me sick too which is not a, a thing that a lot of games do like and from I just the movement and the motion or, yeah yeah the motion um, i didn't know if it was the the gore and guts <laughs> yeah, it, was just, it was just too gory for me uh no, the movement for some reason made me sick, which has happened with a couple games this year. And then when I went back to them, it didn't, it didn't do it the second time. So I don't know if it was just, I don't know, I don't know what it was about the the moment. But any objections to eliminating either one of these from anyone? Nope. Nope. They're out of here. I feel like Evan is taking like almost a perverse pleasure in seeing these games just get knocked off the list. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm surprised we haven't heard a diabolical laugh from your side over there. Uh, we're going to go with two other games I've never heard of, Last Campfire and Mortal Shell. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. Easy to knock off. Um, I'll just say a little piece before we eliminate both of these uh, since, I, since I've got my initials next to these. The Last Campfire, like I said, is Hello Games follow-up. Um, not follow-up, but like it's their next game after No Man's Sky. I loved No Man's Sky. Um, Sean Murray is one of my favorite people because he gave us No Man's Sky and The Last Campfire I talked about it on a recent podcast episode I love it because uh, it's like a puzzle game um, it's it's about a cute little uh, character uh, they're, they're called Embers their race or whatever and um, you're going around it's, it's like kind of an allegory for death and the afterlife and letting go and things like that and he's going around and you're trying to help other embers that have sort of gotten stuck along the way uh, in their journey to the afterlife. And some of them that you approach tell you they either don't want help, they aren't ready to be helped or, you know, something along those lines. And there's no argument. There's no like further dialogue options. He just says, okay, and moves on. Um, so I, I like some of what it has to say about like, not every problem is a thing to be, solved in the moment sometimes problems are just problems sometimes people are not in a position where they want or are ready to be helped um and that's okay too so i like that i i like the and those those aren't necessary like those aren't like plot critical moments at all but i like that they sprinkle those in mortal shell is a souls like game that surprised me this year it's from a much smaller developer i can't remember the name of the developer um, but the unique twist on gameplay here is that you can inhabit one of four different bodies and each body gives you different abilities and skills. Um, so that was fun, but what was really striking about that game was the visuals. There's like four separate, I think four separate areas. Uh, and then there's like a hub world and, um, each area is very unique in its look, uh, and in the type of enemies you face. Um, 
it was I, I think it was really really well done it's a definitely a smaller game than the souls games are i think it was only 40 dollars when it came out um but a lot of fun it was it was very cool uh and had some some cool ideas but i'm okay with eliminating both everybody else i'm assuming i don't think i don't think anybody else play these games <laughs> i i saw mortal shell now that you've mentioned it and it looked neat but uh not worth the time for me yeah it's it's good but yeah it's it's definitely not like an essential i don't think um at all um i am going to nominate i'm just going to nominate twin breaker a sacred symbols adventure and i'm also going to nominate dreams for elimination uh dreams was from media molecule it's been in in development for forever um that's a it's a sony uh you know playstation developer um and it's it's a really good idea um that i bought and i've spent some time with uh it's essentially a game maker like dreams you like you make things in dreams that then become games and people have made some really interesting and creative things somebody completely remade um fallout 4 in dreams uh like people are doing like big large-scale productions like that uh people are also doing really strange things like there was a game where you're shooting the covid virus with an ak-47 uh and that was fun um and honestly kind of cathartic uh it's got some vr components too um but it's 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 really cool in that it's pretty approachable but I could see a lot of people getting into game development with this as sort of their entry point um, because it is that accessible, but it's also that detailed. So I think it's cool. I don't think it's necessarily game of the year. Um, it's sort of not a game uh, in that sense. Like it's a game, it's a thing to make games and then you can like browse games that people have made and play those. But um, And then Twin Breaker, that's super niche. It's just uh, Twin Breaker was put out by uh, a guy named Colin Moriarty, who used to be at a video game company outlet, sort of like video game journalism-ish, uh, called Kind of Funny. Um, and then he left there and went and made his own thing called Colin's Last Stand. Uh, he's got a PlayStation podcast called Sacred Symbols. Um, he wrote and uh, developed and produced this game with Lily Mo Games, which he is now also a, a part owner of. But it's a, uh, it's a twin... Um, uh, brick breaker I guess you have two bars instead of just one and you control each with an analog stick um, so that's kind of the twist in the gameplay and it's it gets pretty difficult at times because you have to control both bars at the same time um, but it's really fun it's simple um, it was pretty cheap when it came out as well um, and it's fun but those are my nominations for elimination cool with it and I, do, I don't think anybody else is is gonna object there either <laughs> all right back to you Ben yeah since we're now it's getting so interesting much- since we're having so much fun eliminating your uh, things with your initials next to them. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely – don't get me wrong. I loved Until Dawn, and I'm excited to play the Little Hope game as well as I haven't played Man from Madon yet either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to play both of them. I don't think that's a game of the year. I doubt it's on your top five. I'm cutting it off. The other one, <laughs> of isn't. course, you had to see <laughs> Okay, this. go ahead. What? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying you had to see this other one coming. It's No Man's Sky. It's not a 2020 release. I don't care that it came out on another console or with another update that made people forget it wasn't a good game at launch. It is not a 2020 game of the year. I agree it's not game of the year. 
I think it is it is a 2020 release because it got a PS5 version just like some of the other like remakes. That's mm-hmm. a so that makes it a 2020 release. That is not a 2020 game. That is a port. No, it's a complete remake. So is Skyrim a, a 2020 game? Same. If I mean, if it got released on a platform no. this year, I don't think it did. No. But I mean, if it was released technically, on PS5. It would, technically, it would be a 2020 game. If Last game, of Us Part 2 comes PS5 out on version. PC, it is not a, a, a 2020 game. Or it's not a 2021 game if it came out in 2021. There, No, but there is a difference between a port and a remake. This is a This is a remake. Like, this is a PS5 version of this game. It's not a port I mean, at all. I mean, it's... I don't think they a remake is classified as built back from the ground up. Like they started from the bottom uh, at, at the skeleton of the core and then rebuilt. Yeah, everything. it's a it's a PS yeah it's a PS5 version. It's it's as much a remake as like Spider-Man remake is a remake. No, that's a which is remaster. There's a there's a large difference between remasters and remakes. Remake is like Resident Evil Three remake, a different game. A remaster. Okay, is okay, like yeah, I, I see what you're up. saying. But I, I, so I would say that I, it's not in my top five. I like, I don't care if we eliminate it, but it is a 2020 release, I think, because it's, it's a PS5 version of a game, but both of these are just on here because No Man's Sky is still great this many years later, 2015, I think is when it originally released. Um, I loved it from release. I know not everyone did. Um, I liked how like empty and lonely it was. But there's a ton of stuff in it now, um, and being on the PS5, like the next gen consoles are taking advantage of things like uh, having no base size limits anymore, um, or at least they're they're very much larger. So like your game is not like sluggish when you've built a ton of stuff at your base. Um, frame rates are great, uh, tons of new ships and like things to do. So it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. I, I think it's pretty cheap now too, um, and it's a great multiplayer game at this point. And what was the other one? Oh yeah, Little Hope. Um, yeah, Until Dawn was great. Man of Medan was great. Little Hope is also great. Um, they're nice little like small chunks. Um, sufficiently scary. It was a good follow up to Man of Medan. Um, it's still got some really good like multiplayer hooks uh, in it. I didn't play it multiplayer, but that stuff is there. Um, great story uh it completely subverted every single one of my expectations which i also loved but um yeah neither one are in my top five so they gone i think unless i don't think these are in anybody Mm -hmm. else's top five either nope um where's the other one clayton no pressure all right, uh, we are at just so everyone knows, we're at eleven games now. So we're getting like we're about to establish our top ten and then narrow down to our top five. So, yeah, no pressure. Um, but I mean, this is tough. A first, you know, I'm not gonna try and immediately go after PlayStation exclusives, <laughs> even though they are unplayable. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the my first is going to be and we are in our top 10 looks yeah, like yeah uh, uh no that's not true because the phasmophobia wait is not in there so phasmophobia <laughs> just, is definitely just in our top deleted five. a game without saying anything but that? i don't have a problem with it bucks next yeah we already we already eliminated that was that already eliminated yeah that was one of the first oh, okay. games i eliminated yeah okay so top right. 10 it's out of here so it gets tough for my first one nomination is going to be warzone call of duty uh i 
I like shooters. I but like to me, it has like a game of the year needs to be defining of like the genre, and I just don't think that it's. I think it's a Call of Duty game. I don't think there's been enough changes to Call of Duty to warrant it as a difference. Uh, I think that they change enough to keep you coming back, and I think that it could be a fun multiplayer game, and I think you could have a ton of fun with your, with your friends. It's not my personal competitive game of choice, um, but I don't think it is game of the year. But oh. do you do you think that it belongs in the top five, or not even in the top five? No. No, I don't. I oh. Wow. All right, that's two. Because now, I, Evan, to me, like that, like I think games that like when I think of top five games, I think of games that kind of bring something new and exciting, things that make me think outside the box, things that challenge me in new ways, things that make me think back. Like in five years from now, I'm going to look back and go phasmophobia. When I look five years back from now, I go, oh, Warzone. I'll be thinking of Call of Duty in five years. I think to me that's yeah. I think that's a fair point. And yeah. I'd say the only thing that was really new, which isn't new to gaming, but like the Battle Royale Warzone, which was, was, uh, did they have one? They had like yeah. a mini version of one. What, what game was Call that? Call of though? Duty had Black? uh, Blackout. I thought it was Blackout. Black, yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Ops. Sorry. Black Ops had Blackout. Yeah. I only played that a little bit and I thought it was shit. It could have been the same thing that I'm playing in Warzone, though. I just, for whatever reason, Warzone and the Modern Warfare was really, like, what got me into Call of Duty in general. Like, I played Modern Warfare 2. I played some of the older ones, uh, did zombies and everything. But, like, this one was just unique to me. But I also can't disagree with what you're saying. Like, Call of Duty literally, like, rarely changes it. And that was one of my, like, gripes with EA and NHL and FIFA. Like, they didn't really change too much about it. They, like, just put on new uniforms or like changed very few things that like okay like that's they're they're getting lazy i guess um i did feel like this is probably one of the better ones but honestly i'm fine with that you know get it out of here yeah get it out of here (laughs) all right also that this was the game i spent like the most time of by all means (laughs) in in my 2020 so this is but i'm not attached to it i'm I'm okay that's less that's less fight from you, Evan, than I was expecting. Me too. It's, yeah. it's not on my top five, but it's, you know. It's in my top five and it's in my top three, but I I don't think that you're wrong in like many of those points. Like, what did you really do? Like, you, you kind of repackaged it. You tried getting more competitive because other Battle Royale games were out and like crushing it. Like, that's what it kind of felt like to me. It's like, oh shit, like we have to step up our game a little bit, but they need to kind of keep going with that, in my opinion. I feel like a, um, Warzone was intended to be the Apex killer, and it it might have in some ways. It definitely pulled me away from Apex because I was playing a lot more Apex before Warzone came out. But yeah, I think it's good. It's not in my top five. Um, if you're if you're good with it, Evan, we can knock it off. Get rid of it. <laughs> there it goes. Are we doing um, two, or is we just doing ones now? I, oh yeah. N- I think we should still do twos, but like we should do yeah. like, you know, like like we just did, kind of like take each yeah. one individually. But yeah, so you still got I, I think another one to go. Okay, second one, and I do I did play this game quite a bit. I love this game. I think it is a meme, and it is twenty twenty defining. Uh, to me, it is not game of the year, and I'll specify why. And the game is Among Us. 
Um, Among Us is, I think it was like the meme. Everyone says sus. I think that it's a very fun game. Um, I think that, I don't think it also is technically a 2020 release. but Technically, no. But my reasoning behind it is that I don't, I can't play this game by myself. I have to play mm-hmm. it with a friend. And that's because a lot of times, you know, it, it doesn't feel like a game that I really enjoy personally that I could play by myself. Right. I think originally it was local multiplayer only and it was mobile only. And it was originally released in 2018. I think it's a couple years old at this point. Mm-hmm. And they just did the, like the PC version and then the like, the multiplayer, like anywhere multiplayer this year. I, um, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I, I love this game so much to the point where I want, I have like streamers that I enjoy watching playing this game now because like my friends <laughs> don't want to play with me. And it's just, it, 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 it's sad. It makes me sad. I just want to <laughs> lie to my friends, and I want to kill them. And Ben, I'll you can kill me. We can play together. Oh my god! If you're ever playing, please tell me. I would be so happy because I want to play proximity chat so bad. But like, and the other thing, the other thing, like going off of like, I can't play this alone. It's not fun without ten people. You know, nine, eight to ten people is really what it's made for. If you don't have that, those eight to ten. The, the game suffers incredibly. When we were playing it on the, the extra live stream, Evan, it did seem like, oh, Clayton, you played with us too. It, it, it seemed like the seven or eight player games. Like, I think we only got as high as eight. Did we ever have a 10 player game? But those uh, games were definitely a few times. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was always um, better though, to your point with, with more people, like yeah. it just introduced more variety into it, but it was, it was good. Yeah. I mean, there, Evan, you had, uh, Go, go ahead. Sorry, I was ben. just gonna say there are str- like there are strategies I've learned from like watching different streamers and like sometimes like a lot of that stuff can't be put into play with like six players or you know like you know yeah there's the whole like don't vote on six strategy or vote on six strategy don't vote on seven and it's like stuff like that and it's just it sucks it sucks when I when I finally sit down to like like be like okay I want to play some Among Us and everyone's like no and I'm like. Okay, so yeah, no. For that reason alone, no game. Uh, you're out. Um, Evan, you had you had initials next to this. Did you have any other thoughts on this one before I just, we? I, I liked. It was a game that surprised me because, mm-hmm. like, I would have never yeah. picked that game up in any other time. Yet playing it, like, I also realized there's a dark side that that we all have, and like how, <laughs> like. Josh, you murdered me twice in the yep. the first time that we played, and then tried playing it off on other people immediately. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Which I didn't realize was like, it was like a strategy I learned immediately, and so I quickly was like finding that people were playing a certain game within the game, and felt like I needed to advance my my tactics. But that generally went towards like the most like the worst parts of it, like. Yeah. assault like just insulting people in the chat or whatever like i would just try and get yep. under their skin in some way like i remember there was somebody that was actually like genuinely sweet like i thought it was just like bullshit oh, but yeah. like that pink, they were like very nice one. and complimenting yeah. and like i said something mean because i was just mad i got killed and <laughs> they turned on me and yeah. the whole thing just like brought out so much emotion and like 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. My, my one of my proudest moments was I, I think it was down it was like four it was four total or something like that, maybe five. And I was the only imposter left. And so everybody was just doing the thing where they were all sticking together at all times. So like all oh, of us yeah. were just bunched together right. at all times walking around. And somebody just for a split second walked out of a room out of eyesight of everyone else and I slashed them real quick, ran into the room with everyone else. And then nobody knew who had done it because, like, we were all sticking together and nobody saw it. I think I ended up winning that match, too. You did. It was um, I was with those other two people, this being one of those, that genuinely sweet, like, kid, whoever yeah. it was. <laughs> and I was keeping, like, staying with him the whole time. And one of them had just peeled off and got murdered. And then I got blamed and booted out because of that and they're oh, like yeah. it was you yeah you were right next to that person the whole time i was like yeah i was following all of them like that was my strategy because i wasn't the killer yeah and it was like it was definitely him yeah and i was blaming it on the person who got murdered uh, beforehand so yeah, yeah it didn't work out. great game great game but yeah i would agree not necessarily top five agreed uh all right it's gone okay guys that means we have eight games left so we only have to eliminate three more to figure out our top five and then it's just a matter of ranking our top five so um let's see that was uh, whose pick was that that's mine i think it goes to was that your second yeah yeah so now yeah so now we're over to evan um so evan you do two i'll do one and then we'll have five and then we can rank our top five i'm gonna go with Crash Bandicoot 4. I do... I loved, like, what you had brought and, like, kind of shared with it, and I probably would play that game, but I don't, you know, again, thinking of, like, Game of the Year, I don't think it it would fall into that. Um, In Resident Evil 3 Remake, I feel like Resident Evil has continued on and just, I don't know. It's a remake again. I don't know. I just... I got into some of their older games, but kind of lost... interest in them in general uh, despite being a huge fan of zombies in some of their previous games i agree i played sorry Sorry, you go for it i was gonna say i agree with the resident evil 3 remake crash 4 i find it interesting that crash 4 would get eliminated before tony hawk's pro skater fair fair point which is (laughs) all right you sold me tony tony hawk pro skater get out of here okay it wasn't hard at all (laughs) all right fine you're gonna twist oh, and pull man. my arm. Oh man! Yeah, I'll just. And on that note, actually, I'm gonna right. change it to The Last of Us Part Two because it's oh, not god. on PC. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, I I'll just say about RE3 remake. It it is it is a different get like, it's kind of the same story. It is a different game, um, and it's nowhere near as strong as Resident Evil Two remake, which came out in 2019. Uh, and I played both of those this year. Um, Resident Evil 2 Remake was fantastic. Uh, 3 Remake was good, not great, uh, and quite a bit shorter as well. Um, still very good. Uh, if if you're a fan of the Resident Evil games, you should go back and play them. And I think 4 is coming. Um, sure. It's been confirmed. And then 5, so. and then so, 7, <laughs> uh, the 6, thing about and whatever. No, we can, we can leave 5 and 6 in the dirt where they belong. Don't remake those games. The interesting thing about again. 4 Remake is since this one was originally over the shoulder, they're going to restation the camera to be like the original games, right? So it's going to be like the 1, 2, and 3, how they were originally were. Oh, the man. Be. 
if they go, I don't know. I, I mean, I know you're joking. I it would make for a more interesting game for it, sure if they it, did that. It would, and it actually would change the game entirely because it's. it's I don't an, know. Four is an action game, not a horror game. Yeah. Whereas, and I don't know how you do. I tried to play Resident Evil Four on PS4 because there's a version that you can play on PS4, and it does not work well without. I I originally played the game on the Wii. And I, I honestly think that's the definitive version of Resident Evil 4. Don't yeah. kill me. But, like, the aiming is really good. Um, and I don't know how you make Resident Evil 4 uh, on a modern console. Um, everyone wants but. a 4 remake, remake, but I'm here to remind everyone that you're forgetting about the best Resident Evil game, which has not been touched at all, not even remastered, which is Code Veronica. And oh, that is an excellent game. We need a Code Veronica remake. I was guessing before they confirmed four, I was guessing that Code Veronica was going to be the next remake. I would uh, love a Code Veronica remake, but alas, I, I bet it's coming at some point. Um, I, I'll also say that Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two is my number four in my top five. Uh, but really? if nobody else is, if nobody else is trying to fight for it, then I can let it go. Yeah, really, I loved it so much. <laughs> As a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I still love it. I still love it. I spent a lot of time with that game this year. Like, I, uh, I But would, I'll let it go. I would let Crash 4 go instead of Tony Hawk. Whatever, whatever it goes. I just find it shocking that, like, a skate sim is top five of, like, like I get you're, the nostalgia. I get it. You're being generous calling it a skate sim. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's not even the best version of that. Like, like where is my Tony Hawk's Underground remake, right? Ooh. I bet it's coming. Hopefully. <laughs> I bet it's coming because this one did well. I'd kill a and lot then of we're, people. And then we're going to get American Wasteland and we're going to get, we'll get the rest of them, I bet. Um, but, yeah. All right. That brings us to six. Uh, and I think, I mean... I, if Evan's not going to do it, I think I have to do it. I think my my pick for elimination has to be Crash Bandicoot. Okay, that's fair. Looking okay. at the rest of these five, I'm good with it. Uh, so, so just so everyone's aware, what we have left is Last of Us Part Two, Demon Souls, Cyberpunk, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man Miles Morales, and Crash Bandicoot. And I'm so I, upset. I think I what? <laughs> I mean, I love this top five, but I just have to say it. I want to. Is four of five PlayStation games? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I was gonna say I could see that's which true. one. That's true. That's true. Here's the thing. But I just want to say I have a PC, a very powerful PC, a PC I spent a lot of money on. I will still admit that PlayStation Four has some of the best experiences in gaming I've ever, ever played and ever will play. God of War is 2018 is the greatest oh, video yeah. game of all time. Period. Oh uh, well, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Period. <laughs> we can rank 2018 next week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll just keep going back through the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's that's the whole reason I have a PlayStation is just is really the exclusives. Um, like they they've got exclusives locked down really really well. I think. Uh, okay. Well, if everybody's cool with that, then our top five right now, in no particular order, are. I'm going to switch up the order because I've said it the same way a couple times. So in no particular order, Cyberpunk, Ghost of Tsushima, Demon's Souls, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Last of Us Part Two. That's our top five right now. Okay. So I at this point, we just have to figure out how to rank these top five definitively. 
And I feel like two of us feel very, very strongly about Cyberpunk 2077. And so I'm curious between the two of you where you feel that game belongs on this list of five games. Since it snuck its way in here, I would definitely say we could toss it at at number five. Because while it plays effortlessly on a PC, we do know that it was pitched as a PS4, Xbox One, PC game. And we have learned that it is not that. And we cannot forget our console brethren. We cannot be elitists who scoff on those who experience poor gaming. We must all rise up together because at the end of the day, the distributor, the publisher is the enemy, not the developer and not the person with the last gen console. Here, here. Dude, that's a great point. And I... <laughs> I know I want to go I want to go burn something down now. Um good. I have to I have to say the the argument that I've seen that drives me up a fucking wall about this game is people that are like, well, like why would you why would you have ever possibly thought that this would run well on PS4 or Xbox 1? Because they told me it would. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like because that's they what you said sold it. me. And like I understand that like if if you if you're into like technology or if you're like a little more in touch with the industry, you might have you might have understood at some point that it probably was not going to run great on those consoles. I don't think anybody knew that it wasn't going to run basically at all on those consoles. But like you cannot blame the consumer in this situation when the publisher is telling you it runs on, it's made for these things, then the consumer is going to be like, "Okay, it's made for my thing. I will buy it to play on my thing." Uh so that's that's a really shitty argument, I think. Yes. Um, and I don't understand why anybody would lick CD Projekt Red's boots that hard anyway. Like, they make great games, but it's a company. They don't give a shit about you as a person. So, yep, that's just my take. Um, Clayton, what's your what's your thought on that being at, at number five? Uh, I feel like this is probably your number one. Well. <laughs> It's actually not uh, out of these five games. Um, And honestly, uh, probably agree with the number five positioning. Um, I do like that it made it in there because this is a game that I didn't have a ton of expectations for and I didn't have an issue with my personal launch. I do agree with my brethren um, just in the sense of, uh, you know, I, I do think that it should be like... Games are about fun and, you know, people want to enjoy your product and they pay for it. And at the end of the day, like, it's not necessarily like, I know that's a tough situation to be in. Ultimately, I think that they should just, it shouldn't have been, but it did. Um, But for me, the reason that goes number five too is just that, um, you know, I, I don't have an amazing PC. I have i7, 1070 Ti, you know, I have an SSD. Um, so it's it runs well it's it's a good game i think that you know i do experience a lot of bugs and the entry into it um is very jarring um the story i've grown more fond of it i think that first to jump in was just a little story-wise a little too bumpy and uh, didn't make any sense (laughs) Um, but at the same time, it is a fun game. I'm excited to continue playing it. Um, I think that it's like Grand Theft Auto. I loved that game when it first came out. 
I'm just not the ones that can keep playing it to 2020. Um, yeah. The this game for me, I think I'm really excited for the next year as it gets patched up. Um, yeah. Mm. I for me, my my number one, like, or I guess we'll jump into that later, but. I, uh... Yeah, I, I would just say on Cyberpunk, there was a point at which, speaking of like how jarring the, the beginning of it is, <clears throat> there's a point at which like you have control of your character and you can kind of like wander around the city and do a few things. But the entirety of Night City is not open to you yet. There's places that you cannot go and things you cannot do yet. And I didn't realize that. The game doesn't really surface that in any way other than like if you try to like cross a bridge to go somewhere, it'll be like, you can't go there yet. Um so that to me was jarring too because I was like I can go do anything and so I was like going to go do side stuff because that's what I do every time I play a role playing game I'm like fuck the main story I want to see what else is like at the edges uh, and it doesn't let you like it you have to do another main story um, with like a pretty major story beat before you like can explore all of Night City um, and so that that to me was kind of jarring too because I was like what are you what are you talking about and like it doesn't I feel like in the beginning it doesn't point you in directions super super well, but once you Not get into all. it, you kind of you kind of get the idea. To be clear, yeah. the prologue is about ten hours long. Oh yeah, you don't <laughs> see a title screen that's until why they way won't let into you the go game. anywhere because you're still in the prologue throughout. Yeah, it. yeah, which is crazy. They and they don't like they don't make that clear either. No, so they don't. I still like I've put some time into the game and I still haven't seen a title screen. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have something I have something to look forward to. I did also want to mention to anyone who's curious, I run an an AMD 3700 processor and a RTX 2070 Super and have no issues. So that's the ballpark of where you're going to want to get. Okay. I don't yeah. know what any of that means, but Money. it sounds great. And that's like a thousand bucks. Those two. I'm, a, I'm about to buy a, a laptop here in a few weeks. I would save so. and get, just get your little, get your, PC. I'm a hit. I'm definitely not getting a desktop. It'll be a laptop. It'll be a, I'll get a desktop at some point, but I can't do it right now. Yeah. Do we want to do spoilers? I mean, to like really break down. I mean, cause I, 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 I mean, finished cyberpunk yet. I do want to say. Yeah. I mean like I'm not, I didn't, I've actually not even halfway through the camp, the main storyline, but the romancing, like there's some characters you can't romance and then there's some you can. And that's jarring. Cause I should always have exactly what I want. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's 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 not wrong in that sense. It's wrong in the sense of like you can tell like there's an, an awkward moment of like there should be a romancing. It's like there should be a romance prompt, but there isn't. But yeah, they, like, so the, they, they like lead the dialogue is to led that. to that point mm-hmm. up until then, and then they just leave it. Like yeah. it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like although I, think- I mean. You know, if, if we're talking about reality, that's like most of my life. So <laughs> like, it's true. I will talk I can, to a girl I can, like, for get hours on end and never figure out how to close. Yeah. So and then just that's never 100% close a deal. true. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's, that's reality lived for me, for sure. Thank God this isn't a dating podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I have no idea how I ended up with Cecilia, but I'm not questioning it at all. Because uh, I don't want to pull up that thread. From what so. I remember, you just kind of stumbled your way into that one. I sort of did, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, all right, Evan, I'm going to toss it over to you because I think you're the one that played the most out of this group for sure of Ghost of Tsushima. I have started playing it. I did purchase and start playing it. 
Um, I do like it so far. I have a couple small gripes, but I want to hear from you where you feel Ghost of Tsushima belongs on this list of five games. I would... I think it's above Spider-Man. Okay, that's I, fair. Uh, I, I'd probably keep it in number three, but that's also because like, I know like outside of having watched some of your gameplay with like Demon Souls, like it looks beautiful. looks awesome, and I think it probably is a great game. Um, so I don't want to like throw it above that. Uh, so I'd probably keep it in number three. Like it's a more unique game than the Spider-Man series uh, at this point in time. So it's just like a timing thing has a lot of Assassin's Creed vibes. So you can't really say it's too different, but I think they've, uh, they've simplified yet maintained like a really good game throughout it. So like there was little parts of Assassin's Creed that I'd get frustrated with. And as far as the gameplay goes and, like, I want to get more specific with it, but, like, some of the, the things I like about Ghost of Tsushima is, like, their fast travel. Like, they do have a lot of side quests, but they make it easy to, like, uncover the map while still feel like giving the feeling that you're discovering new things as you go. And there are little things that will surprise you along the way. Graphically, it's a beautiful game. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the environment is just absolutely gorgeous. There's a lot of stuff to explore within it, but it feels pretty unique in each of those experiences in a, in a weird way, even though there is some of the, like, Oh, I've been here before. Um, I continue to get surprised throughout it in each time, which I thought was really cool. Like sometimes you get to it and you're like, all right, I know where I'm at. Like, it's going to keep repeating these same themes as I go. Um, in act two, maybe about 20% of the way through there, I would assume there's three acts to the entire thing. Um, so I haven't finished it, but love it. I think it's a, an awesome game and an awesome release. Right on. Speaking of, of title screens, <clears throat> the title screen of Ghost of Tsushima is beautiful. Like when mm-hmm. you like you come out of a forest into a field <clears throat> of it looks like lilies. They're like white flowers, like tall white flowers. Uh and it is gorgeous. It's really, really, really pretty. Um yeah, so the graphics are great. And I do like how they, they treat the map because in most like again, Cyberpunk, for example, like you you get thrown into the game and immediately the map is just like fucking full of stuff. And you're like, I could do all of this. And the Witcher three kind of does that to you where it's just like, sometimes you have to like walk or, or ride past something for it to pop up on the map. But the Witcher three is like, here's all of this stuff and it feels overwhelming. Um, but there's a ton to do in ghost of Tsushima, but it, it, there's like the fog of war effect on the map. So like, you only see what you've uncovered, um, which makes it feel more like bite size. And like, you can, you can kind of do things as you find them, which is nice. The only gripes I have with this game, Evan, and I, I'm curious to know what you think of it is one, there's no lock on in combat. Um, which is something I've, I've come to expect from modern games, especially action, like action type role-playing games. Um, are you finding that that's like, making combat difficult because there's a lot of times where you're like surrounded by four or five. I feel like it's a, it's a handicap thing in most, a lot of the other games, like it, the way that the, the gameplay will progress and this won't be like a spoiler alert, but like, you're going to need that freedom like in, in many instances. So it's like, I don't like when the games like Spider-Man is notorious for this too, but like that, that lock on effect, like you, I don't want to say it's limiting, but like, the other enemies aren't doing shit. 
Like they, they just kind of stand yeah. there. You can increase the challenge all you want and you sure they might attack more, but like it's, it's like scripted. Like, all right, this guy's going to come in now and try and punch you. Like, all right. Like I feel like they eliminate a lot of the variability in the game as you go and the, the fighting mechanics of it. So it's, I, I don't think it's an issue. I kind of like how, how it's set up so far, but okay. Yeah. Maybe I just need to play more of it. Um, Cause I'm literally maybe four hours in or so at this point. Um, that's interesting. The only other gripe I had was the equipment. Um, I really like, like one of my favorite things about RPGs is finding new equipment. And like, I just like to see the numbers go up. So like I compare, I, I like comparing the stats of like swords or, you know, armor or whatever. And you do find new armor and swords that I've discovered so far. Finding a new sword doesn't do anything except change the look of it. Like it doesn't up your stats or anything. Some of the armor though, I eventually discovered that it does do different things depending on the armor that you're wearing. But the gripe I have there is that they don't surface that very well at all. Like I was playing for a pretty long time before I realized that different outfits do different things. I don't think necessarily the headgear does, but like the armor, like the core armor yeah, does. Yeah, it's just just the armor. You can unlock different armor sets though too. Um, in the sense like if you wanted to have a set with pre-selected charms, charms being things that'll help you with certain, they yeah. give you a certain advantage of some sort for like your swords or your uh, melees, health, whatever it is. Um, and so you can create a custom set for each of your armors and you will unlock more as you go. Cool. And it will become more like increasingly evident of the changes you've made not okay. from a stats point of view which i would get like call of duty you can see exactly what it, what it's going to increase it to and like have a visual associated with that and they don't but i like haven't found that if does. that's the case but they kind of get into it the, the my favorite one so far is the travel i think it's the travelers set mm-hmm. and then it'll like alert you when there's like an artifact or something nearby which is really cool and it yeah. reveals more of the map i think at the same time um, yeah, I've switched my cool. armor in the middle of like scenes, so I'll be in like a traveler's outfit, <laughs> but I'm about to go like fight 17 people, and so I need to throw on like a more heavily, uh, heavier yeah. suit. I like it. I, I think I'm gonna end up playing that game as like, uh, Clayton. You're probably familiar with this term, but like fashion souls. You know, like people yeah. instead of like min maxing their armor, they just like wear whatever looks the best and like mix and match. I think I'm probably gonna end up doing the same thing in Ghost of Tsushima where I'm just going to find armor that I like the look of, and I'm, I'll just stick with that. I, that's what I've been doing with the the swords and stuff. I like the, I really like the aesthetics and stuff like that, though. There um, apparently are good. two endings, by the way. We talked about it the last time. Oh, okay. Can confirm. Okay. And I think, yeah, I don't know. That'll spoil it, so I'm excited the, to see, though. The other thing that's interesting to me, I don't necessarily dislike this about that game, but um, the like the whole thing, like you're at odds with, the necessity of having to fight like as Jin would say like dishonorably yeah to the um, samurai code because he's a samurai and like he meets up with this thief that's like you can't fucking do that you're gonna get yourself killed uh everyone's and, doing it come on yeah she's like you're you're outnumbered you have no army like you you're gonna need to like sneak around and be stealthy and like so the first time you assassinate somebody this I don't think this is spoilers either like it's it's literally like the game is ghost of Tsushima like you eventually have right. to learn how to be the ghost but um, it's interesting to me and it, like it makes me a little uncomfortable, but I think this is what the game is going for in that like your your protagonist, like your character immediately starts to hate himself when he starts doing what he has to do in order to like get, you know, what he needs to do done. 
and she's like you have to do this and they're they are enemies like it's it's not like he's murdering innocent people or anything but he's just he hates himself for doing it and then immediately like he's having flashbacks about how his uncle told him to do the opposite um and how he's not like supposed to break his code and it's just it feels uncomfortable that he's like already hating himself and we're barely into the game um but you know I, i think that's what they're going for they're trying to like set up that tension and eventually yeah. yeah so i i think if i said any more i'd probably spoil things uh, even though I'm, I'm not that far in um let's see what else we have on the list all right so i i think we're good to lock in cyberpunk at five goes to tsushima at three which means we still have uh one two and four up up for debate and the last three games we have are Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon Souls and Last of Us Part 2. And I I personally feel very strongly uh, the most strongly about Last of Us Part 2 out of those three remaining games. Um obviously I feel I feel pretty strongly about honestly all these games on this list. I think this is already a good list. But um so here's here's where I'll start. Clayton as as somebody with a PC who has not played Last of Us Part Two, I'm curious what your impressions are, what you know, and like what your thoughts are about that game. Um, Last of Us, it looks like it tells one very amazing and compelling story. Um, it kind of it seems to fit into more like that narrative like you're partaking in the journey of the story. Um, so it doesn't seem like it's like a, I mean, I definitely don't get like, you know, I don't imagine you change too much. Um, but I mean, it's a beautiful game. I think I'm very excited to play at some point. I know the parts that excite me from what I've seen, I think it might've been, I mean, there's so much content out there. Everyone eventually will see some, but just mm. kind of that, I think it actually kind of fits into why I really like demons, like Dark Souls series that like dystopia, Lovecraftian uh, kind of storytelling that uh, puts you in a situation where it's kind of a fresh perspective, like not something that's all too common. It's not, uh, and why I tend to be really excited to kind of see how the story develops. I mean, I think part of our natural history is how our stories told and, and, enjoying the process of learning more about them. And I think that the lore behind both of those games really excite me. Uh, I think they're both fake, go very deep. Um, so last of us, hmm. that's pretty much all I know, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, ben, uh, have you, have you played last of us part two? <laughs> have I? Oh, I just want to make sure. I, I wasn't sure if you got to it. I um, finished it in in like four days, which is unheard of for me. Wow. Okay. I did not finish it that quickly. Um, tell me your, like, how do you feel about the game? What are you, like, good, bad, whatever it is. But flawless. Like, give me some of your thoughts on it's, that game. It's, it's flawless. It, um, it's definitely like top <laughs> games of all time. Um, when I first played the first Last of Us, I said the same thing. I said it's flawless. Uh, I th- I think the ending of The Last of Us 1 is, you know, 
while while the last of us one is not the, my top game of all time the ending of the last of us one is in my opinion the most perfect ending for anything ever i i wholeheartedly agree it's it's so sad and terrifying and, and surprising and surprising and rage inducing and and that's all you needed i felt i was so when they announced the part two i groaned and i rolled my eyes and i said that is the dumbest thing you could ever do is tarnish that ending because we don't need to know what's next we don't need to know what happens and I'm, i've never been more glad to be wrong because that's what the the game the game's first job is to show why it needs to exist part two's first job is to go like okay we know you're skeptical here this is why we're here and it's like okay i'm understanding the point and you know it's simple when you break it all down it's of course by the time you you get th- halfway through the second part the, the 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 second part of the last of us you realize fairly quickly that of course there needed to be a part 2 there's no there's no reason there wouldn't be right um it's heartbreaking it's stress-inducing, and I never, ever wanted to put it down. It made me sick multiple times, and I didn't want to put it down. It made me literally fly back in this very chair, because my TV is right here. I flew back um, when you you encounter your first whistling arrow, I will say, to keep it semi-spoiler-free. A terrifying moment. And (laughs) all along... All of it leads up to me furiously smashing square in the final scene of the video game when I am no longer being prompted to do so. Yeah. And realizing that, like, they're like, it's like a really big, like, gotcha. And you're like, oh, man. I mean, I'll, I'll just say here, we can, you can spoil it. I, I think. No, Clayton's never played. Oh, oh are you? Is that something you'll play, Clayton? I, I just didn't know if it was said, something you'd ever play. He said he wants to play. I would love to play. Okay, I, yeah, I guess don't spoil it. I would it. not spoil it by any means. That's a game that you could sit on for a while and still come back to Absolutely. it. Like, um, that would, yeah. It's it's so brutal, especially that the end. And I I don't know. Like Now I am sure there's that that was the perfect ending. Now I am sure that there is nothing more they can do. Um, and I'm certain of it now. This isn't even like a, I hope they prove me wrong. I'm like, no, they <laughs> they've ended it. It's over. There's nothing more they can do or say um, without uh, compromising the position they've taken now at this point. Uh, yeah. And for a game to be like that, for a game to close itself off like that and be like, this is the end is in a world of franchises and endless sequels and, you know, money grabs, like, that's, it's big. It's a big deal. It's a criticism yeah. of not just humanity itself, but of the angry gamer, uh, the, 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 the nerd who yes, screams in his basement about things he doesn't like, things that challenge his perspective, because the entire game is a challenge of the gamer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And people don't like that, and it scares them, and so they lash yeah. out because of it. But uh, I think if if more video oh, – don't get me wrong. I love open-world games. They're so much fun. But if more games were like this, we'd have we'd have less 
bad people in the in, in our community. Yeah. This game was this game a hundred percent from the beginning set out to make a point. I think I think it set out from the beginning of the first game to make this point and it just took them two games to do it. It's possible. Um seeing how these stories tied together. But this game from the very beginning set out to make a point. I think it made it well. It in fact it made it so well that as you're saying people fucking hate this game vehemently um and i i think this was a game made by people uh in a in a certain headspace um we've evan i've mentioned spiral dynamics to you on the podcast before but like this is a game made by people in a certain zone of like the spiral dynamics uh um tapestry that not necessarily everyone else uh in the world or the country or whatever are in um and so like having something made creatively from somebody in that sort of headspace for people who aren't necessarily in that headspace it's those people are not going to understand it you're not going to like it um it doesn't make it any less true or impactful but uh, it's not going to be received well by those people, but um, I, I agree with everything you said. Evan, what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, I couldn't agree more. I don't think that there's been too many games that can get you as emotionally invested in each of the characters as as this has, and like really paint emotionally what they're feeling, what they're going through, um, and giving you very harsh realities associated with not only like what they are going through, but just, I mean, as I'm like kind of like reminiscing on it, like it was, it, even though they like jumped to these other characters, like you never felt like you, you were separated from them in a sense. Like they somehow like interweaved all of that to, together at the end, but even like during the gameplay in this wild way, like oh, I, you hate one of the characters. Um, I don't, I want to like tiptoe around the outside of it, but holy shit, like, just the way that they made you, like, love and hate a lot of the mm-hmm. characters as you go, love and hate as you're playing those characters, like, some of the things that the characters have to do in order to survive, like, I mean, it is not, I, I can't imagine it, like, being that easy, like, but the way that they wrote it and felt, like, you, know, you talked about bug snacks not having resolution, <laughs> like, this game, I felt like, <laughs> did the exact opposite of that like they truly completed and closed out so many different things and storylines um in like such an impressive way yeah i um the thing i keep coming back to is this is such a human story like this is such an utterly human story uh and i mean that from like the you know just the fact that it is such a grounded sort of realistic game like you know zombies notwithstanding um but just like the interactions like you said like the way you hate certain characters but then they like humanize certain characters that you didn't expect to care for at all um and then the like the incredibly merciful serene moments where like ellie would pick up a guitar and play it um in the midst of like all this chaos and you're having like this like really impactful meaningful moment between you know her and um why am i forgetting the other character's name her girlfriend uh it's been so long <laughs> it yeah, feels like it's been man i feel decades. i feel terrible now 
but um like you're having this like really impactful moment between the two uh and then they have to like go back out into like the harsh reality and like continue what they're doing um and there's so many of those that are so well placed because the game yeah dina uh the game is so brutal um and then they like intersperse those and i think it's masterfully done um i i disagree on the like i love how they ended it i don't disagree that it was a resolution um i definitely have a direction i would like them to to go after this with another game uh but i'd also be okay if they didn't um it's i mean this game is my my game of the year uh i i think that's probably been pretty obvious the way i've talked about it up to this point um so let's let's step away from last of us part two real quick let's cover spider-man miles morales i don't know if does anybody feel super strongly about that game i loved it a lot I think Miles is Ben. Were you about to leave again? <laughs> I don't even. I'm, I I don't want to play it until I get a PS5. I don't want it because. Oh, know. that's fair. That's fair. I. It's just. It's so wholesome. Miles is such. I think Miles is such a better Spider-Man and a better protagonist than Peter Parker is. Honestly, um, and I I think they translated him perfectly in this game. Uh, and even though it is shorter, I think it's. I honestly think it it might be a better game than the other like the original Spider-Man. That's that's but an those, interesting those point. Thoughts. What you say about Miles, I I don't I've as a super I'm, I'm a big 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 superhero fan, and I love Miles. I I didn't like most people. Uh, I didn't see really the point for Miles for a long time. Um, I, more importantly, I didn't see in in the comics originally Peter is killed, and yeah. um, it's not, it, a little bit like Into the Spider Verse, but different. And Miles ends up taking over. And it felt like, why? Why Why can't there just be two of them? There's two of many heroes. That doesn't seem fair. And so because of that, a lot of people just didn't like Miles. And finally, there came a point where Miles was brought into the main universe with Peter, who the our Peter we know, and they worked really well together. But I always found I couldn't compare them because Peter and Miles are very different kinds of heroes, but both heroes in their own right like peter parker is the marvel superman you know yeah uh, i just my- think miles is so much more interesting than peter is like yeah peter's uncle died and like his parents are gone but that's almost it and then peter's got like the struggles between like not that peter's not an interesting character he's got the struggles between balancing personal life and being a superhero and in like canonically like you know balancing high school life with being a superhero and then you know college and whatever but like miles as a character like it's just so much more interesting because he's so much newer mm-hmm. and he's like still figuring stuff out and he makes mistakes like you know peter parker's been doing this for years and miles makes mistakes like some really bad like dumb mistakes but um he's just so earnest and like unjaded and like I just wholesome is the word that keeps coming to mind with yeah. this game. Like it's just so nice. It also helps, but it's still a Spider-Man game. It also helps that his origin isn't consistent still. Like no one seems to have yeah. decided how he gets his powers yet. There's so many yeah. different variations. Like, you know, in the movie, his dad and mom are alive uh, in the video game. His dad dies in the comics. His dad mm. was dead, but now is alive. He was a agent yeah. she- shield of uh, an agent of shield. Um, you know, just like stuff like that. And, uh, yep. but the one I think consistency is, and I don't know if this is the case in the game, but the one consistency is that his uncle is the prowler where, um, yes. And, 
I think there's something interesting there where Peter has Uncle Ben who dies and Miles has Uncle Aaron who betrays him. And mm. I think that it speaks a lot on um, uh, origins, I think, and and where they where they both come from and how they're both raised and things like that nature. So, but that's yeah. you know we can't get into depth of that because I haven't played the game. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> it's it's very it. very good. Uh, I I think I'm all right with keeping it at four. I don't I don't I definitely don't think it belongs probably above any of the rest of these games. Um, so I think if, if everybody's cool, we can lock it in at four, which just leaves us with Demon Souls and Last of Us Part Two. All I'll say about Demon Souls, I love Demon Souls so, so much. I, I have it on the PS3. I loved it back then. I love it now. It's way better now. Um, on the PS5, the remake is amazing. It looks beautiful. I definitely don't think it belongs above Last of Us Part Two, though, is, is what I would say. I, I feel like we agree in agreement on... that Last of Us here is at the top. Uh, Clayton yeah. reaching out uh, despite not having uh, yeah. the PlayStation 4, but yeah. <laughs> so the, the we sold there. it. So <laughs> oh, I think good. that means I think that means we have a definitive top five list, boys, which is from five to one Cyberpunk, Spider Man Miles Morales, Ghost of Tsushima. Demon Souls and Last of Us Part Two, and I think that's a damn good list. Cool. I'm good with it. I haven't I'm played three of these, but I'm eager to one day. These Same I here. think are all. I I would I'm comfortable saying these are all must plays. Sure. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I I feel like I was thinking about this earlier. 2020 didn't seem like a full year for games but and there was like a lot of remasters and remakes and stuff like that that came out in 2020 but like the good games that we got in 2020 were really fucking good um like there were some impressive things that came out this year that i was really happy with um good job gentlemen and this this was fairly painless this was nowhere near as like cutthroat as as other times i've done this too so well done on keeping it civil uh any any closing thoughts from from anybody before we wrap this up we've gone for a while but i'm a little surprised nope. valhalla wasn't even on our list of 39 but i never played it so i don't know i didn't either but i, I think that speaks to like i've i've done a lot of assassin's creed and they're <laughs> they're still making those games and they're still all right but they're assassin's creed you but, know but prestige now they really try I, with these i mean ones. i guess i guess <laughs> Yeah. yeah, something to play maybe in the year when the price drops. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I got. Uh, I, th- I was just gonna say I got all of them except for Valhalla for like twenty bucks during a sale. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> Although I I am sad I'm not gonna get that wolf that was like apparently a pre-order bonus that you can't get outside of that. So whatever though. Um. Well, right on, Evan. Any last thoughts from you? No. We did this it. This was a yeah. The official unbiased objective list. This is the definitive, completely correct. Scientific. Yeah, scientific. Database. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Ranked top five. This is the ranked top five from the only video game podcast you will ever need. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining. Ben, thank you. It was good to talk to you again and see you again. Clayton, thank you as well. Uh, great to see you again, even though I see you every week now. 
which every is, Sunday, which is nice <laughs> for D and D. That's so much fun. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things. Evan, thank you for joining, and um, thank you for the invitation to. Uh, you know what? I can't even think of a joke. I've been doing jokes every time we close out the podcast, something awkward, and I can't think of one in the moment. So I'm just going to say earnestly, thank you for doing a podcast with me. I would not be doing this podcast without you, and I'm glad that we're doing this podcast. Yeah, same here. And thanks for using your last name this time in the introduction. You are welcome. I'm going to try and make a habit of that from now on. Um, listeners, thank you for listening. This has been the Game of the Year podcast from Casual Sweats 2020 game of the year i i'm now i'm just saying words i don't know what i'm saying thanks for listening we're gonna get out of here it's been a long night already until next week stay sweaty my friends